0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your
1: first three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Good morning, beautiful people. Uh, welcome to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show with Deke Bellavia and, of course, myself, Mr. Herb Tyler. I uh, want to wish everybody a happy new year and hope everyone was uh, really safe and had a great time ushering the 2018 year in Looking back on 2017, a very successful year for everyone that's uh, going through it. We hope uh, everyone will look forward to a great year coming up, 2018. Um, it's a beautiful start already. Can I, I can't think of a better way to start my 2018 than to uh, watch my Tigers play the Notre Dame Fighting Irish um, in the Citrus Bowl today where – both teams come in at a nine and three record. SEC record for LSU is six and two. They're number seventeen in the college football playoff rankings. Notre Dame is nine and three. Um, number fourteen in the college football playoff rankings. Um, Brian Kelly is a coach that I've always thought was, is is a really good coach, and he's he seems to have his teams right there in the hunt at the end of the year each year, um, but kind of can't get over that hump, if you will. Um. to to get to that that national championship game and and actually have a a team that can win that national championship. Um, These two teams went head and head last year um, in the Music City Bowl, where Notre Dame came out on top, and they won... So we are looking to come back and uh, and kind of redeem that particular loss. The Tigers are, and Coach Ojoan, I know we'll have the guys ready to play after a month long off of um, just really bowl prep, really, and uh, kind of seeing what, what the new guys are going to bring in for next year as well as get everybody ready for this particular Citrus Bowl here um, today, January 1, 2018. Um, LSU finished the the season – Uh, This past year, and they won six of the last seven games of the regular season, including double-digit victories over Arkansas. Tennessee, and Texas A&M to close out November. Now, that is something that I truly really look forward to because not only did we finish the season strong, but we're going into a bowl game in which we lost to the same team last year in a bowl game. And we're going in with a ton of confidence. We're ready to play. I think the guys understand um, exactly what we need to do offensively and defensively, as well as special teams, in order to, to have a successful bowl game and then to transition into a great spring. Um, off-season workout and then spring coming up after that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the the boys lighting up, uh, if you will, about Coach Canada whether or not he's going to stay or go. Um, I, I want to talk about Coach Aranda as well. I think that he's one of the premier uh, coaches, defensive coordinators in the game, and he's a guy that we definitely have to keep being also as the um, associate, uh, not associate. I'm sorry. Um, the the, the uh, second head coach, if you will, um, so I want to talk about those things. Well, I also want to talk about who plays the most today, whether we see a Loyal Narcisse today or whether we see uh, Miles Brennan. I um and, and you know will 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 Danny Etling play the entire game today? Um, it's his final year, uh, final game for the with the Tigers. Uh, Danny's been through a lot going through Purdue. Um, he went through two to three different offensive coordinators here at LSU. And now this is he's got the team on the roll right now going into his final game in the Citrus Bowl. I think that uh, Danny Etlin should be commended as one of the, the top quarterbacks uh, to ever play at LSU, in my opinion. I think the kid has guts. He's got grit, and he's, uh, he's resilient. He's very intelligent, and he can play, I think, with the best of them given the opportunity. Um, I also want to talk about the Tiger defense and Devin White, who is definitely the heartbeat and the the soul of that defense, as well as the team. He's a guy that I lean on and look forward to to having a great game today, Um, as many tackles as he can have. Um, I'd like to see him get anywhere between uh, the 10 to 20 tackles uh, with a forced fumble and maybe an interception. Um, but the thing that I love to see him do the most is rally the troops and get those guys playing full speed ahead and always playing Tiger football. Um, I'm also interested in seeing the 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 offensive line for LSU playing against the defensive line at, at uh, Notre Dame and then our defensive line up against Notre Dame's offensive line, which is arguably one of the best in the country. These guys are all 6'6", 6'7", um, 300, 320, all the way across the board, no body fat and just straight trees up front and ready to block for any running back that they have or pass protect for the quarterback. So those those are, are gonna be two of my keys for this game going forward is the offensive and defensive line play for both teams who wins that battle up front in the, the trenches. Um you know it's 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 gonna be a great year. It's gonna be a great season, I think, coming up next year. But First and foremost, we've got to play this Citrus Bowl game and play the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, LSU Tigers. I think we'll definitely come out on top, and I think we'll be, we'll be um, playing a very, very, very strong team and then playing our very best game at the end of the day today. So when we come back, um, we'll come back, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some Tiger football as well as um, moving forward in the 2018 year. And I hope everyone had a blessed 2017 and are now ready for 2018. So... We'll get back to you shortly.
2: Happy New Year, everyone out there from here at WWL Radio. LSU this afternoon, the Tigers and the Irish. You heard Herb saying both teams won nine games. Both went on a run throughout the season. Now, Notre Dame's stumbling block, Herb, was a one and one start. They, uh, I want to say it was Temple they beat, and then they lost to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Look at that point in time, we thought Georgia was going to be good, but I don't know if we thought Georgia was going to be that good. And the twofold, it, it really made Georgia's schedule look a little tougher because after that one-and-one start, Notre Dame won seven. Seven, You know, they were seven straight and, of course, losing two of their last three. You got to see this team, Herb, a little more extensively, probably than a lot of people uh, maybe who watched Notre Dame all season long. And it was the last game of the regular season when they played Stanford where your son plays. This offensive line is classified as as the best in the nation. They have two first-round draft picks. Is that, is that this team? I mean, is, is if they can move the ball on the ground, if this offensive line can block, does Notre Dame have a
1: chance like they did a couple of years ago in the Music City Bowl? Absolutely. Um, you know, Notre Dame comes in with, like I said, one of the biggest offensive lines mm-hmm. in the country. They, I mean, they look like an NFL offensive line. They look like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Thing is, they have to play like that every game. In some games, as we saw, especially against Stanford, they didn't play that well. We— um, um, Harrison Phillips got—I mean—disrupted a lot of, uh, of what they were trying to do offensively, as, in regards to running the ball, and then also whenever they went back to drop the, to drop back to, to pass the ball, we we had some really good rushing on them. So a rushing attack. So um, with that being said, LSU I think is way more athletic than Stanford is, so I think they should be able to um, to create even more havoc up front.
2: Wimbush, the quarterback, uh, he's a rushing quarterback. He's a dual threat. Uh, obviously, Adams, their, their tailback, is one of the best in the country. It, both underclassmen. What game plan did David Shaw have against Notre Dame? Was it we box them up, we go shut down their run and so forth? Because it seems to me following them, her speaking of Notre Dame, is that they, and most teams do, but particularly a team like Notre Dame, if they cannot dictate when they want to pass the football, mm-hmm. if they're forced to be out of their comfort zone, let's say third and sixth or longer, that's where they get in a place where they don't like to be.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean that's what that's what I saw David Shaw trying to do was mm-hmm. stop their run game so that they wouldn't be able to control the clock. Once you once you can if you run the ball and you can get four to five to six yards a pop, then guess what? You control not only the clock but the but the chain gang. So the chain gang to keep moving down and then obviously you'll make touchdowns and then you can control the clock, slow the slow the clock down if you will, or um, but the one thing, too, also, too, now, they can beat you on the outside now. They have some really, really speedy receivers. They go across the country, and they recruit really long, linky, um, fast, uh, agile receivers right. as well to go along with that run game.
2: 2601870 is the number get involved. You can text Herb at eight seventy eight seventy LSU and Notre Dame. And, of course, uh, as we talked about earlier this week, Herb was on with us Thursday night, uh, this past Thursday night during the Saints, uh, Saints show. Uh, we were talking mm-hmm. uh, to – uh, most recently, Ted Ginn Jr. And one of the things that was the top story that day and continues to be, it, it's a bizarre herb. And you know, today is about a bowl game, but to talk about LSU is really not about the bowl game. It's about Matt Canada, and this is, I don't know how. You, there are many words you could describe what's going on, but it's like it's dysfunctional because no one is saying anything. And and the point is, is that if the man is going to coach, is going to stay then I mean are we to assume that he doesn't know yet similar to Les Miles' situation you know two years ago going to the A&M game okay we don't give the coach a vote of confidence we don't know you know we obviously we don't know what we're going to do because we mm-hmm. haven't gotten an answer from who we want to get an answer from so Les Miles finds out 30 seconds before he goes to the podium that he's going to be retained as a coach Matt Canada's press conference the other day it's it's almost like that hey, hey I want to be here and so forth but I don't know. I don't know, Herb, if he's been told or not that he's not going to be there or not. Because it, it's, it's the biz- most bizarre thing. Nobody is saying anything, and this could all be put to bed easily if there was just a statement released or something.
1: If Coach Ogeron or Coach Canada knows anything, they should both win Oscars because they, yeah, they, they really they playing a good seem like phase. they don't know what's going on. Um, but I mean, they're all saying the right things. You know, it's all about the bowl game. It's about the kids. Um, it's about game planning for Notre Dame. So. They're doing that, but you know, the crazy part about it, he isn't fired. So right. I look at it as he's going to be here during the off and getting those guys ready to roll. So, but until something happens, I mean, because we both and everybody else has, has gone through this once before. It's it's before we start counting those you know those those chickens before they hatch. Let's go ahead and see what happens. Let's see if they make an announcement today at. 3 o'clock.
2: That's Herb Tyler. I'm Deke Bellamy. 504-260-187. Give us your take. You saw LSU's offense this year. At what point in time did you think, or maybe you didn't think, that this was a better offense? They did some different things. Uh, Herb and I both, I think we would agree, we came away from the Alabama game this year uh, with a little bit, I guess you'd say, more positive thoughts moving forward because LSU did do some things offensively that were successful, unlike in the past, where, yep. you know, just trying to line it up and hopefully the special teams give you a chance down the stretch. I thought the offense did some good things this year. Now it goes back to, you know, how much control did Matt Canada actually have? Did he have total control? And you bring the athletic director into this whole situation. So, again, for the third year in a row, it seems like another mess with LSU football. And that's the impending story going into today's bowl game against Notre Dame. Much more on that with Jeff Palermo. He'll join us after the bottom of the hour news. Mike Scarborough with a big recruiting update. We'll recap LSU's early signing class those three days in December and, of course, the first Wednesday in February, what LSU needs to close with. A strong presence on the junior college end, particularly in the line. We'll recap that. And also, we'll go behind enemy lines and take a look at today's opponent, the 9-3 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. She's heard Tyler. I'm Deke Belavere. WWL News Time is 730. Time for First News, and we'll go to David Blake. Happy New Year to you and yours from all of us here at Tiger Radio, WWL AMFMN.com. It is Black Monday in the National Football League. A few moments uh, before we came on this morning, the Detroit Lions party ways with Coach Jim Caldwell at the Four Seasons. Uh, he is the latest casualty to uh, be let go from his job, waiting a word to see what's going to take place in Denver with Vance Joseph and among other coaches as well. John Fox in Chicago, and we'll see what takes place with Oakland, said they have their guy targeted, and that guy is John Gruden. The Saints, Do fall yesterday, but they win the NFC South. As you heard in the news, they will play host to the Carolina Panthers next Sunday at 3:40 in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And what's interesting now, Herb, as we tie the uh, postseason in in college bowl season, and now with the NFL, when you look at what Las Vegas has, Las Vegas has the Saints as the second best team in the NFC, odd wise, odds wise, going into the postseason. Odds all favorite of the New England Patriots, two to one. The Minnesota Vikings are second overall, but they're considered to be the top of the NFC at 4 to 1. The Steelers are 9 to 2 and the Saints are 5 to 1 ahead of the Rams, the Eagles, the Falcons and the Panthers. So New Orleans is highly thought of and you got to figure that Super Bowl experience and having uh, a guy like Drew Brees it's big time there, yeah. so they Las Vegas thinks the Saints uh, are going to be in the playoffs for quite some time.
1: Look, the Saints play very well all year long. You yep. know, besides the first two games of the season, after that, I mean, they were arguably one of the best teams one, two, three in the yeah in the whole NFL. So what we saw yesterday was just uh, a really great opportunity and time for Jameis Winston to step up and, and make some plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had yeah every you know nothing on the line basically, but everything for next season on the line. So. So, you know, hats off to Tampa Bay, but the Saints are definitely top two, top three teams in the NFL.
2: And again, the Saints are the uh, second best bet on best odds, that is, from the Super Bowl standpoint. They classify New Orleans as the second best team in the NFC going into the postseason. New England is the first overall, Minnesota, the Steelers, and then the Saints. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com. He's a network sports director, joins us now. Jeff, uh, it's almost like uh, I can go back to what LSU a theme was. Well, what's the quarterback situation year after year? The last handful of years, it's some kind of question mark, or uh, I guess you would say, what's going on as far as personnel, staff-wise? And you tell me, Jeff. I mean, Matt Canada, does he look like a guy that does not know if he's really going to be retained or not? Does he look like a guy that know he's already been told and he's just coaching uh, the ball game? Little be said, Jeff, he's only worked uh, one year and 14 days, if he counts through today, and a $5 million deal, three years, 1.5 a year, that's a lot of money. For the highest-paid offensive coordinator in college football, and not to know if he's going to be coaching or not.
3: You know, I got the sense based on what he was saying on Friday is the guy that uh, he he knew uh, or he knows his fate, but wasn't really willing to uh, reveal it on Friday. He'll leave that to uh, Ed Orgeron, and I, I'm assuming that uh, you know sometime uh, after uh, today's game, uh, not necessarily today, maybe the next couple of days here, maybe as early as tomorrow. that uh, some sort of statement will be sent out by LSU saying that uh, LSU and Matt Canada have uh, parted ways. I think, uh, uh, you know, that's the direction that uh, they're going at this point. Uh, it just seems like it was a, um, a relationship that uh, wasn't able, able to mend itself after a, a rocky start to the season. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, you, you have a – uh, head coach that touted this offensive coordinator, really believed in him, sure. uh, but for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. Obviously, uh, a personality clash between the two.
2: Let's uh, squeeze in uh, Jerry on line one. Jerry, good morning. Happy New Year. Thank you for calling WWL.
0: Yeah.
2: Hello. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you for calling WWL.
3: Yeah, hello, big. How you doing? We're doing good. Happy New Year to y'all. Yes, sir. Uh, is LSU oh, run game good enough to uh, run against Notre Dame's defense?
2: Oh, yeah, I don't think there's any question about yeah, that. definitely. How about
3: uh, Notre Dame's run game? I heard it's a little bit better than LSU's uh, defense. Is that
2: correct? Well, I mean, you, you have to look at the matchup. I mean, going into they're, – they're classified as having the best offensive line in, in college football. Right. So, I mean, one would think they're going to lean on their strengths today.
3: And I'm uh, seeing in a paper right now they have three sports writers picking uh, – LSU to lose to Notre Dame, what you see on the uh, game of the day as far as victory-wise? You think
2: LSU could beat Notre Dame? Uh, yeah, that's why they're a favorite. You know, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite in, in the contest today. So, uh, not only can they win, I think Herb is going to get down. Jeff Palermo is with us now to what LSU can do, Jeff. From the players that don't play, I mean, how much of a factor is it today, especially particularly on the defensive side of the football? What LSU likes to do, Matt Canada, it's not Matt Canada, excuse me, Dave Aranda, but I think this is going to be a a tight matchup, particularly LSU's front defense and Notre Dame's offensive line.
3: Well, you'd love to have Arden and Key out there. today. Sure. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to discredit him. I, I think he. Yeah, you go back to September, I think one of the reasons why LSU struggled so much, their two best players weren't on the, weren't on, on the field, and Arden Key and Darius Geis, uh, both of those guys were, well, Arden Key was coming back from a shoulder injury, and, and Darius Geis was battling an ankle injury. Um, but uh, because LSU was without Arden Key earlier on in the season, and Donnie Alexander is another guy that's not playing today, and that's a guy that they've been able to, Fill in here as of late. I, right. I think uh, when you look at when you look at the two teams and who is not playing in this game, and Notre Dame has several guys that are not playing. I think it hurts Notre Dame a little bit more, especially considering Notre Dame is such a run-heavy team uh, going up against a, a defense uh, led by Dave Aranda. Uh, you know, as long as LSU tackles well, I think they can contain this Notre Dame offense to, to some extent. Now, are they going to get some? Are they going to get some gains on the ground? Probably so. But uh, I think LSU can quickly make this team a, 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 a one-dimensional team and, mm-hmm. and and really fluster it as the game goes along. Uh, whereas Notre Dame has has got so many skill position players out, of the, I, I'm not sure exactly how they replace it. They're going to have to be counting on some guys today that they really haven't counted on a, at all. Meanwhile, LSU, the, the guys that are stepping up, well, these are guys that have seen significant snaps this season, so it's not something totally new for
2: them. Jeff, hang tight. We'll come back and get Jeff Palermo's keys to the game and his prediction, along with Herb Tyler and Dick Belavere, LSU and Notre Dame today. A noon kickoff right here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And Happy New Year, and we welcome in to... All the folks from Clemson and Alabama in time tonight for the second national semifinal, number one Clemson, the defending national champion, number four Alabama. The All-State Sugar Bowl should be a great one. Jeff Palermo, columnist at www.com, and Louisiana Network Sports Director. Keep up with Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Palermo, L-R-N. All right, Jeff, you always point out some things to pay attention to, your keys, give us what you're watching closely today in this matchup, and your prediction.
3: Well, I think obviously for LSU, it starts with them trying to slow down this Notre Dame rushing attack, ranked as the seventh best in the country, averaging 279 yards a game. Uh, well, you know, I think a guy to keep an eye on today is Devin White. I mean, how many more tackles does this guy get uh, in this game? You know, last time LSU faced, they, it really, or one of their, their big wins this season, or their biggest win this season, is when they beat Auburn. And obviously, Auburn's a run first team. And, White had a huge game in that contest with 15 tackles. I think he can have another big game here today. Um, well, I, I think LSU, think you look at LSU's running game, uh, I'm interested to see you know, where, where Darius Geis is health, health-wise. He missed a few bowl practices, but I, I would imagine he's going to be uh, raring and ready to go in this game. And I think the other thing as well, as long as LSU doesn't turn the ball over, I think they can win this game. I mean, they've done such a good job at that all season long. The fact that they've only turned it over eight times all season is a phenomenal number. And if Danny Evering takes care of it and they don't put the ball on the ground, I'd like to win this game by at least a touchdown.
2: Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director going with LSU with a touchdown over Notre Dame at Jeff Palermo LRN. Jeff, thank you so much for the time. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk again soon.
3: All right, thank to you guys,
2: thanks. All right, along with Herb Tyler and Deke Bellavia, out to the phones to go, Justin. Justin, good morning. Thank you for calling WWL.
0: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, and Happy New Year to everybody out there.
1: Yes, sir. You yes, too. sir. Happy New Year, real, Justin.
0: Real quickly, because I'm watching the clock, um, I think Louisiana is blessed because we got the Saints in the playoffs. we got LSU playing Notre Dame. we got Alabama and Clemson playing our Sugar Bowl tonight. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, the, the, the dominoes fell pretty good for us. I think so.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. Um,
0: I do want to say something about the Saints. I was very, very upset about yesterday, but still, I'm very proud of them. What they did, how they turned it around. I'm going for them. But LSU versus Notre Dame. There's a personal story about this. And I think Herb Tyler might know about this. So I talked to Neil uh, uh, Norman the other day. I actually I texted that my dad, my grandfather, my little brother. Two cousins were all Notre Dame grads, so I was really pressured to go to Notre Dame, and I said, "No, I'm not going. I want to go to LSU." Right. So this game is really personal to me, and I want LSU just to wipe the field over Notre Dame. Is
2: that okay to say that? Yeah. Well, I I thought I heard you on the uh, coaches show the other night too, Justin, with Coach O. Did Did you get in? Yeah, I thought I, I thought that was you. I thought that was you. So the, you were you were raised in the Notre Dame. So what what is the connection there? Is that like uh, that's family there, or they were just lifelong Notre Dame people?
0: My my dad, my my grandfather went to Notre Dame, and his okay. son, my father went to Notre Dame also went to Notre Dame law school and boy right. they pressured me to follow in their footsteps and like want sure. oh, you go to Notre Dame blah blah blah, blah. and I said no I'm staying in Louisiana I'll go to LSU and he didn't like that <laughs> right but you know, I well, mean, I know on that
2: on their point though I can I can see you know the, the legacy there and the yeah. closest thing I know to that is one of our former coworkers who's with uh works in Atlanta now Mike Conte, he is I think a fifth or sixth generation Penn State guy and then Rich Marty who was a longtime broadcaster here Prep pre football roundup sure. his his and his two boys were same thing with Penn State also so you see you see a lot of that happen sometimes but so you were able to get away and and so how well, do y'all? how I, do y'all like how do y'all see the, the game today I mean can y'all all stand each other in the same room right
0: no, well, my, my, my dad's dead so I can't see it with oh them. I'm sorry dude that's okay. I didn't mean to bring that up, but he's going to see it from a really great game screen. And sure. I actually got to visit. Now I've been to LSU campus many times, but I got to visit Notre Dame's campus. It is a beautiful school up there, and they're nice people. But I want to beat them on the field because so they're just they're my adversaries. If that makes any sense.
2: No, hey, Justin, yeah. man, that's that's a good story. There's no doubt about it. That's one to tell. So give us your <laughs> prediction. What do you think's going to happen?
0: I told Coach, you 40 to 6, so that's not going to happen because not gonna, we're not going to. I, I think it would be 30 to. 21 no, thank, uh,
2: LSU Justin thank you so much for the time thank All right, you, we'll continue on WWL and welcome back up already at Mazda opinion poll at WWL.com are you worried about a letdown for the LSU Tigers against the Notre Dame fighting Irish cast your vote online at WWL.com Herb in football you can chart uh, Wall Street Journal did a big I, I pull this up all the time about a about five or six years ago, they did a feature correlating the starts on the offensive lines in college football, and the veteran play. So, and you look at Notre Dame; it's easy to point out. You got three seniors on the offensive line. You got a left tackle; he's a graduate player, so he's he's completely through. The left guard is a, is a senior. The right guard is a senior, and then of course you have uh, a, a sophomore. So you're talking about four players of the five that are either seniors or graduates and they play an awful long time, you just can't beat that.
1: That's big time, man, you know, they got the experience, they know exactly what to do, The the footwork is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, they have the confidence, and they got the strength and the knowledge. So, I mean, that's very difficult to defend.
2: Much more. Herbie's going to give us his breakdown, LSU's offense against the Notre Dame defense and Notre Dame's offense against
0: LSU's defense.
2: Plus, we'll go behind enemy lines. One hour down, two to go. LSU and Notre Dame. A little afternoon kickoff right here today on WWL.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?